Welcome to the Ultimate Fun Jobs Podcast, where our awesome guests share their incredible stories and success tips about some of the most amazing jobs on planet Earth. Here's your host, Dave Mendonca. Today's episode is going to be a good one, all right? So we got this guy. He's a senior writer and producer at The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. His name is Patrick Borelli, and I can't wait to find out more about his gig. So you know what? Let's jump right to the interview. Patrick, uh, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So you have a fun gig. I'm looking at your LinkedIn page, and I'm seeing all the different parts of your gig, you know, writer, producer, Jimmy Fallon. So can you get into like how you got the gig in the first place? Yeah. So I got into comedy through, I was doing graphic design in Boston and I had a good friend from college, um, Eugene Merman. He's very funny. And he was doing uh stand up in Boston in Harvard square. And um, I went to a show and I was like, Oh wow, this is so funny. And I loved all the way, you know, they, they said, him and his friends were very bizarre and in a good way they doing what I think, you know, quickly became known as alternative comedy. And I fell in love with it. And um, I started doing stand up in Boston, moved to New York after about two, two and a half years um, and did stand up in New York for a long time. Um, I did a, a couple TV appearances. I would start to do sketches on Conan as an extra Um and so I was kind of, you know, in the New York scene for a while, kind of doing stand up, you know, uh, trying to figure out exactly how I plugged into this sort of big machine. Um, and I slowly started to realize, like, oh, I think I really I like stand up. Um, I really loved it. Um, but I wanted to get into late night. I really love late night with Conan O'Brien. That was a show that I Letterman was a little too. Like, I would think I didn't really see it. I was a little too young when it was popular. Um, but Conan was right in my wheelhouse. I loved what he was doing. So that was sort of like my ideal job. Um, and so I started aiming at writing jobs and and um, got a, you know, back when this is like in the early aughts, early 2000s. And, um, you know, it was still that traditional gatekeeper mode, right, where you needed a manager or an agent to find out about the jobs to apply. If you didn't have one, you kind of couldn't do it. Like you couldn't apply, you wouldn't know about it, or they only wanted to see people that came through agents or managers. So um, I got a manager kind of early on being in New York, which was great. And that sort of unlocked um, all these writing opportunities. And I started to apply to jobs and, and, um, and, you know, I didn't get most of what I applied for in the beginning. Um, but in the back of my head, I, I really wanted late night with Conan O'Brien that was still happening at the time. And I applied to that job like three times. And the third time I almost got it, um, the head writer, uh, Mike Sweeney, called me and said, hey, you're in the final three out of like 175, 200 people, however many, a lot of people applied. And he said, Conan's taking the packets home this weekend. And then... <laughs> So I knew he was going to read my packet and I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Um, and then I didn't get it. Uh, and I was like, Harper, I, you know, I had little bits of success along the way where that let me know I wasn't nuts. Because I think anyone, anyone who wants to go into entertainment, for the most part, unless your parents are famous actors, you know, you're kind of going into it a little bit blindly. And um, but I had, you know, success along the way that let me know I wasn't nuts. Um 
And I just kept writing packets and submitting to really kind of any show that I thought I was a good fit for um, and started to just get better at writing them. Um, and then eventually uh, Conan left and, you know, we all know what happened with Conan and Jay Leno and, but Jimmy Fallon took over late night and, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I don't think really many people did. It was like, Oh, you got late. Night. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And he just crushed it. I was like, Oh my God, this, I, he came out of the gates. So, strong and he was doing really fun weird stuff and he really kind of like made that show his own because i think just in the same way that letterman created a daunting mountain of a show in his late night show at at cbs and and or sorry at nbc and then cbs i think um conan created an equally big mountain that would you know could be intimidating um this is incredible body of work and Jimmy, to his credit, just yeah. made it his own. He just kind of went out and created his own mountain, I would argue. And um, and so uh, I re- I quickly wanted to write for it. I was like, oh, that show is awesome. Uh, and I applied a couple times and I didn't get it mm-hmm. the first time. The first time I applied, it wasn't out yet. We all knew it was coming. All the comedians I knew, we all heard, you know, Jimmy Fallon got late night. And so we all started writing packets. And when you're writing packets, you're it's so much easier to write a packet for a show that's already out because you can kind of know what the, the tone is and what the voice is. And um, it's just easier to, to to sort of like hit the target. And mm. I don't think I quite hit the target on my first packet. Right. Um, and then when the show was out for a good six months, I watched it religiously and I was like, okay, I get more of what they're, they're wanting here. Um, and at that point, I, you know, I had been writing packets for six or seven years. And so I was just much better at, at calibrating my voice to whatever the show was. And I got, you know, I would get hired uh, uh, a lot faster and I got hired at, at late night uh, in 2010. So the show late night had been out for a little more than a year when I got hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I want to geek out a little bit first. I want to talk about the packets. For those that don't know what a packet is as a writer, can you let them know? Yeah, a packet is a, a show um, like a head writer or an EP will say, okay, we have a job opening as a, uh, a writing job opening. Let's get packets. And so packets are basically samples that the writers, uh, whoever is applying has to write um, that is unique to that show. And it proves that that writer knows how to write for the show um they're roughly like less 10 10 pages or less they have to be sort of economical you can't write a thesis in 40 pages um and so they're generally they they, they're not i think sort of legally allowed to ask you exactly what to write anymore they used to but um they kind of let you know um oh we want desk bits we want um you know games that uh you know, the host could do with the celebrities. Um, we want monologue franchises or monologue bits. Um, and, you know, we want a couple of commercial parodies or whatever it is they want in the packet. They then give you a very short amount of time to write it. You'll, you might find out that the job is open on a Monday and the, the packets are due on a Friday. And the reason they give you a very short amount of uh, time is because that's how the job works. It's you're constantly cranking out material with not a lot of notice. And so 
you know, you could write a great packet if you set, if you worked on it for six months, but that's not how the job goes, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So you write these packets, you send them off and then you generally, you don't hear anything for the most part, unless you have really good representation, a really good agent or a good manager who's super connected or whatever is super pushy. Um, uh, But, you know, allows you just sending it in blind and there's hundreds of people that are submitting them. And so the packets, you know, if if an average packet is like seven pages long and 150 people apply, I mean, do the math, like the head writer, you're asking the head writer to look at, you know, that's over a thousand pages. Um, And so how do you process that? You know, and so when you're writing a packet, you really need to think about, now I'm just giving advice, but you need to think about the, the reader on the other end of it. You know, it's usually when you're writing them, you're like, oh, I know this is so funny. Let me spend a lot of time explaining how funny it is. And it's like, no, what a reader appreciates, a head writer, EP, whoever, is is economy, right? They're smart. They're they're exhausted. They've probably been working on the show all day. And then they're looking at packets. And so if they see someone in three sentences quickly explain the idea, and then they have three bulleted jokes, and then they move on, they're going to be like, got it, got it, got it, you know. They're going to process the idea quickly, get that it, the person understands how the joke, how the bit works. And um, and they're going to appreciate that the person, you know, considered them by not writing 19 jokes. And because also if you write 19 jokes for a thing and someone's reading it, the chances that all 19 jokes are going to be good <laughs> are not that high. Yeah. And so they might start seeing stuff that they don't like. And so yeah. it kind of helps the, the writer too in the packet of like, just keep it short, keep it simple, put your best stuff in there. Um, and you learned yeah. that from experience writing packets. Like I, no one told you, hey, Patrick, you know, be concise. You, you had to learn that. I did have a writer, uh, a comedian who was an older comedian from Boston who had written for a bunch of shows and I geeked out about him. And right. and I did kind of this where I just picked his brain and I, he gave me that great advice where I showed him a packet I had written and he was like, it's very funny, but it's really long. Mm. It was like, you need to shorten it up and get to the point. And um, it was the great advice. It was really, really good advice. Because um, I think as a writer, when you, a comedy writer, especially, you're you're desperate to prove that you're funny and you're good. And that often tends to lead to long-windedness, you know? Um, and so editing is hugely important when you're writing a packet. Like, find someone that you trust um, who's good with grammar and have them read it and have them rip it to shreds and tighten, t- really tighten it up. Got it. So yeah. you said you wrote packets for Conan and Jimmy. Now, Conan's more zany. Jimmy's, he got a little zany in him. There's subtle he, differences. Like, uh, What goes in through your mind when you're writing packets for those guys? Is is studying the show. You know, like it, it it's really, I do a lot of research, um, you know, when I'm, I, I haven't written a packet in a long time because I've been with Jimmy forever. But when I wrote packets, I would do a lot of research. Uh, I wouldn't start writing until I would like, you know, look at, uh, you know, tons of videos of, of bits. I would then transcribe them. Um, and I would just like hand type out a sketch that I really loved so I could see the structure of it. Cause you can watch a video over and over again and it just doesn't register until you actually look at it on the page and like oh okay that's the that's the flow on the page and that's really helpful 
It also just helps to see the jokes that he's doing on the page. And, um, and so transcribing was really helpful um, to sort of nailing the voice of a show. And then it's just, you're searching for cracks that they don't quite have yet. So you're looking at, you know, um, I liken it to like a globe or, you know, a, you're, you're like a, an explorer and the globe is, you know, you're on the earth of that show and there's some land that they've already established and you're going, okay, great. I see this land that you've established. Let me see branch out next to it. You're trying to find stuff that they haven't quite done yet, but then also seems like they would do, which is a kind of a tough needle to thread. You don't want to go so out of left field that they're going to be like, we would never do this, but you want to do something that seems like adjacent, right. um, but that doesn't seem derivative of what they've already done. And it's a really tough um, sort of amorphous thing to, to sort of nail. And you, the only way out of it is a lot of research, a lot of writing. Like when I'm writing a packet, if they say like, yeah, we want in total like eight ideas, I would probably like write like 15 or 16 ideas, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going to cut half of them and that the top eight are going to be really, really good. All right. So uh, viewer, listener out there for the packet, got to be concise, got to mind your tone, got to study the show or uh, whatever the property. Okay. These are good tips. Yep. Okay. The geeking out part, Patrick. Okay. So I've watched Jimmy Fallon for a long time. Tonight's show, the show before that, love the bits. I'd love to get into like bit construction. Like for example, I don't know if you were around, you're, you were saying you were with Jimmy since 2010. So you might've been around when Justin Timberlake and Jimmy would go to that camp. They did that. Forget that bit. It yeah. was them being at a camp, and they would sing. Camp Atlanta, Winnipesaukee. I think it's Camp Winnipesaukee. Is it Camp Winnipesaukee? Because yeah. I know I know Winnipesaukee is an yeah. actual lake in New Hampshire, and I think that's what it's called. Freaking <laughs> brilliant! They did like three of them. Hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, in a bit like that, what's the construction like? We're in the writers' room. Like, guide us in there. Like, what's going on in there? Well, so the writers we'll all pitch stuff. And um, if I didn't pitch that or write it, so I can't speak exactly to how the, the writer, the original writer of that um, would construct it. But I, you know, it's really like, Jimmy will give you parameters of like, Oh, this would be super fun. If yeah, I love that idea of a camp thing. Um, what if it's bunk beds or what if it's this? And they'll, they'll sort of like, he'll be, he's very hands-on. And so he'll let the writer know, um, this is what I'm looking for. You know, like he's, he's super plugged into every segment and he has, he's really like goes through stuff with a fine tooth comb. Like he really cares about it. Um, and so he's very detailed and, um, and so he'll give a lot of feedback. And so, um, the writer will go off and, and go, okay, it's going to be a sketch about, um, it's a camp. And Jimmy and Justin Timberlake are in their bunk beds and it's at night and they stay up late. And so we need flashlights and then, <laughs> okay, let's have a three beat structure where, you know, they joke and they joke and they, they're getting noisier and noisier talking back and forth with the flashlights. And then the camp counselor comes in and yells at them and then they apologize. He leaves, you know, talk, talk, talk. They make more noise, more noise, joke, joke, joke. He comes in and yells again. They, he, they they apologize, he leaves. And then the last beat is that they do it again, they do it again. And then, then they start singing 
and then the camp counselor comes in and yells at them, but then also maybe dances with them. And so you're kind of hashing out like the structure of it and then just inserting the jokes and going, okay, it's a, it's generally for a show like the tonight show um, sketches, especially live ones, they tend to have even something as evergreen as a, that camp sketch. Um, you know, you'll work in topical things, um, whatever is in the news, um, you know, heat wave or um, whatever's going on. Um, and you'll kind of sh- not necessarily shoehorn it in, but you'll kind of pepper the the script with, with jokes about that kind of stuff. You know, it's also good. You got to be sensitive because it's like stuff like heat waves. It's like, okay, a lot of people are suffering. So right. you don't really want to joke about that too much, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you might talk about the world cup or you might talk about baseball playoffs or whatever the heck is going on. So um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how the, the writer kind of goes off and writes it. Um and and then if it's going to end with a song, you have to reach out to legal um, to find oh, out. Oh, no, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're going to sing a song. And if it's like a super right. difficult to clear song, mm-hmm. then you're in trouble. And then you can't air it on YouTube um, or they got to pay $20,000 just to have them sing this song for 15 seconds or 20 seconds. And is it really worth it? And so you have to have a list of songs that are, that are options. And then you go to Jimmy and then if Jimmy picks one and then you have to go to Justin Timberlake's team just to okay it with him. But that's <laughs> not you, same day, right? Is that same that's day? Not, that's not same day. So something okay. like that's a little bit of a bigger swing. Okay. Um, and so you start work, especially for like a big guest like him, this will get hashed out weeks, if not like a month in advance, you start to like, plant the seed of like, okay, Justin Timberlake's on in two months. What do we want to do with him? And Jimmy usually has a good idea. It should be a sketch or a live sketch or something, you know, like the history of rap or um, live music thing. Um, and Jimmy usually has a good idea of like the ballpark of the the areas that he wants to move into. Right. Um, and so then he'll let us know. And then we sort of, um, we'll get, be given a deadline. Hey, Justin Timberlake ideas are due tomorrow night at 6 PM. And so then we'll all, there's, there's, um, there's like, like 10 plus of us sketch writers. And we're, we're, we'll all like fan out and just kind of write ideas in paragraph form. Um, pretty brief, um, similar to what I was explaining before. Cause then the head writers will pick the ideas for Justin that we all wrote that they like, that they think Jimmy will like. Um, they might tighten them up a little bit and then they put them into a doc and Jimmy will read them the next day. Right. And then he'll go, Oh, I like <clears throat> this idea and this idea and this idea. <clears throat> and those, <clears throat> or he might say, I don't really like any of them. Let's get some more. Um, and, and then those ideas, if Jimmy picks two or three ideas, they then go out to Justin Timberlake's team and hopefully we hear back soon um, because, you know, if they pick something like the camp thing, it involves a set, it involves wigs, hair, <coughs> excuse me, hair and makeup, props, mm-hmm. lighting, um, and then music rights and then, you know, stuff like that. So it's um, it's a lot. And so you want to get the machine up and running on it. So talk about Patrick, talk about the day in the life, like a day in the life of your gig. Uh, what does it look like? So we, we talked a little bit about writer's room, that sort of thing. Like, how does it all proge- progress to lead 
to the actual recording time of the show. Like, are most of the bits decided upon that same morning? Like, say they're say they're not involving like a big time. Well, I guess you, I guess they all in, uh, involve a celebrity of some sort. Like, are many of the bits determined in the morning? Like, how does that work? So we have the, the act one when we have our in our monologue and end of act one we call it where Jimmy finishes the monologue and then goes over and sits at the desk. That's the most flexible, um, timely part of the show, <laughs> and um, and that's when um, we have to turn those ideas in in the morning. Um, and so our morning starts with kind of the night before. We have a writer's assistant who's putting together a list of premises. So news stories encapsulated, we'll distill them down into one sentence. Um, and so it'll be, you know, like record heat waves across, across the U.S. and a link to the article. Um, and then it's, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, Mission Impossible expected to set box office records linked to article. Da, 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 da. And there'll be two to three pages of that. Um, and so we get that that starts to get populated the night before. And though we, the sketch writers and the monologue writers, so we have two kinds of writers, we all have to pitch an act one idea, meaning it can it can exist in the monologue or it could be the end of, uh, of act one where Jimmy sits at the desk, or it could be a cold open to start the whole show. Um, and we will, you know, those are due at 9.15 in the morning. And so... I generally wake up at, at around 6.45, 7 o'clock. I make uh, a tea. I drink I drink tea, and um, which was evident with my first sentence, the previous sentence. Okay. And um, I will, uh, I have an actual treadmill desk. So I, I got like a cheap treadmill uh, on Amazon. And, uh, and then I got a, a rising uh, desk. And I will get on it and I'll walk like up to two to three miles. And I'm just reading the premises, um, picking stuff. And then we have, well, all of us are plugging our ideas into a Google doc. And so you can see like, it becomes a bit of an arms race it, it, because you, you, you're you racing against the clock. You're like, okay, these ideas are at 915. Um, and there's, you know, 15 other writers submitting ideas. And you start to see what people are writing and putting in. Which is helpful because you're like, okay, I can't, they sent the thing in on, um, you know, uh, someone wrote in like a thing for the roots to do on how to keep cool during the heat wave. Okay, I can't do cooling tips anymore. Someone already did that. You might've had that in the back of your head. Um, and so you'll see like topics getting covered by the other writers and bits going getting into the doc. Um, and I'll just <clears throat> identify something that I, I wanna write. Um, and so I'll give you an example. Like uh, Megan the Stallion was coming on, and 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 uh, and they said like, yeah, she's up for doing a monologue bit or something in Act One. And so then I was kind of thinking about her, and I was like, and uh, she was on the show that day, and I was like, oh, um, what's that song? I started researching her music and her lyrics, and she has this song where she goes like, classy, bougie. Um, she says like four to eight words kind of in this really great stylized way. And so then I was like, oh, what if she came out, interrupted the monologue, told Jimmy, um, you got to speed this up. I'm, I'm, I'm the special guest on the show today. We got a lot to get to. I'm going to help you with monologue. And, and so Jimmy's like, that's great. 
And then uh, Jimmy says, you know, President Joe Biden's going on vacation to Martha's Vineyard. And she goes, classy. And so then she, I took like a chorus, uh, I don't know if you call it a chorus, but like one part of her famous part of her song and just had Jimmy say premises and that fit into classy, bougie, nasty, ratchet. Um, and I plugged in premises that I noticed in the news that kind of matched up with those words. And so Jimmy would say a premise and she would go classy, bougie, nasty, ratchet, acting stupid, what's happening? Um, and so it was kind of a fun way to sort of back into a pop star's work and use it in a way um, that uh, they would probably say yes to because she it was, it was kind of complimenting her too. It's like, we built this whole bit around one of her songs. Um, and so I wrote that idea that morning, put it in the dock. Jimmy then, and the head writers are reading that a, a doc from like 9.15 until like 9.40. So we're expected to be in the office at like 9.45. And so yeah. I'm generally writing ideas and finishing them by like 8.30, no less than 8.30. And then I'm hopping in the shower. My ideas in the dock. I hop in the shower. I race out the door by nine and I live, you know, most of us live 20 to 30 minutes from the office on the train. Um, and so I'll, I'll hit, walk to the subway, get on the subway, goes right into Midtown. Um, I'm, I'm in swiping into 30 Rock, going up to my desk um, and so I'm cool. sitting That's there at so 940. Cool, man. I know it's I, I, I cool. still I've been, I've been doing it for 13 years and I still love it. Wow. And um and then I'm sitting at my desk at like 945 and I share an office with one other writer and we're all sort of, you know, filtering in. And then they call us in at like 10 o'clock and Jimmy's on Zoom. He's still at home and the head writers and the EPs. And um, we all sit at this big conference table and Jimmy's like, hey, thanks for the ideas. And uh, we got a fun show. Megan the Stallion's on the show today. We're going to do some fun stuff with her. I'll see you guys soon. And then he says bye. And then... Um, then the head writers and the EPs walk through, hey, Patrick, uh, we really like that idea with Megan the Stallion. We're going to do that. And so then I go on Slack and I have to, most other shows, the writers are just writing and then they're done. They turn the script in and then a producer goes and deals with it. We then also produce. We're one of the only shows I that I, I don't think any of the other shows do it. And Seth, Myers, um, Kimmel, Colbert, I don't think any of them do it that way. I think we're kind of unique in that um, we're fully in charge of it. And so then I get on Slack and um, while the head writers are talking, I'm like emailing the script. I'm putting it in a final draft because it has to be kind of formatted. I'm sending it to our, to our head of music because she's the one who's in contact with Megan the Stallion's people. Um, and then saying, hey, Jimmy, just approve this. Can you get this out to her ASAP? Let us know if she's into it. I get that out. And then we have a production, staff-wide production meeting at 1030, um, where we walk through that day's show and the next day's show. And then we look forward at the in the calendar to see if there's any other big things we need to talk about. And so they'll, they'll say um, at 1030, great. Uh, the guy running the Zoom meeting is really great producer, Gerard. He's like, all right, what do we have in act one today? Um, and we have a writer's assistant who will say, Patrick has an, uh, Megan, the stallion idea, Patrick, are you ready to talk about this? And the zoom has like 
150 people in it. Um, and you're talking to everybody, the camera people, the sound people, music, hair, makeup, wardrobe, graphics, um, set design, electrician, carpentry, everybody's on this talent, bookers, um, all the assistant staff, um, everyone's on this and I have to walk through the idea. And so then I tell the whole staff, yeah, Jimmy, uh, starts talking and then we hear the ding, 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 this, uh, iconic keynote from this Megan, the stallion song. And Jimmy looks around, Megan, the stallion enters and they'll go, where does she enter from? She has to have answers for everything. So music cues, she enters from stage, right? She just walks right up to Jimmy. Um, and so that lets the lighting people know, it lets our, our stage director know, it lets our camera person, our director know, okay, so we can put her over off the stage right um, near Higgins um, and she walk in there and then they'll go, well, we don't want people to freak out. If she's standing there, everyone's going to see her. So how can we hide her? So there's a lot of discussion. Everyone, there's a lot of details in something as simple as like, she just enters and does a quick bit with him. Um, that triggers all these questions. And then I have to be involved in it. And I'll still say, do you, do you care if people see her? And I say, I don't think anyone should see her. So they'll put up like a black partition that kind of hides her a little bit <coughs> at the top of the show. So she's kind of behind it the whole time or whatever. Um, and so I walk through the whole thing at 1030. And then um, we have a meeting with Jimmy at 1230. And so if Jimmy had any notes like, oh, there's two of the things that, Patrick wrote on the Megan the Stallion thing. I think we could beat that. We could punch that up, have better jokes or whatever it is. So I have like an hour to sort of fix that. And then I have to finalize my script by noon. Um, and any elements Jimmy might need for that segment have to be in a Dropbox folder. And right. so Jimmy, they'll open it up and Jimmy will say, okay, it's Megan the Stallion. Can we hear the, the notes that are going to play? And then at that point, I would have reached out to our music department in licensing our legal department and say this, these are the four key notes that I want to play from this Megan, the uh, stallion song. And I'll get the, okay, legally. So I have an editor edit it. I put it in the Dropbox folder and then I have my script finalized. I give it to the, the writer's assistant, 15 copies of it get printed 1230. This meeting starts with Jimmy. Jimmy's reading it. Great. I don't have any changes. This is great. What Patrick changed works. Um, and then I find out at, you know, 1245 that Megan the Stallion wants to do it. So then um, we, uh, then we take a, the studio takes a break from, uh, from like one to two, because um, they're all unionized. And um, so they'll usually work on, in the, down in the studio, they're working on blocking music usually in the morning. Um, and so then starting at two o'clock when they're back, everyone's back from lunch, everything gets lit up in the studio. I then go down to the studio and, um, I am like, they have a schedule. Hey, Patrick, we're going to block your Megan the Stallion thing. We'll have an intern stand in for her, for Megan the Stallion. And I'll be sitting in the audience seats watching and I'll say like, okay, the music needs to come in a little quicker or blah, blah, blah. Can we turn it up a little bit or whatever? I'll give notes. Um, and then we'll have over the shoulder graphics, like, you know, Joe Biden just started a, a vacation in Martha's Vineyard, classy. And I'm like, okay, the graphic needs to come up more on this word, not that word. And I'll kind of give notes. Um, they walk through it so they know how the cameras work and everything. And then they'll block all these bits, all these segments from like two to 
3.30, and then Jimmy will come out at 3.30 so that they've rehearsed this stuff now for like an hour and a half and they've got it down. So that by the time Jimmy comes out and Megan Thee Stallion comes out at, at 3.40, um, 3.30, 3.40, it's a well-oiled machine. They know exactly how this bit's working. And I'm just there in the dark, you know, on the edge of the stage, like waiting in case he has notes. <laughs> and so Jimmy will walk through it with, with her. Um, and he might say, oh yeah, let's change this second thing to this. And I'll go, okay, great. And then I go out and I go talk to our script department. Um, the show tapes at five. So the critical point is from like three 30 to five. Um, you know, did Jimmy have any changes after, uh, the three forty rehearsal? If so, fan it out on Slack, let everyone know, um, and then update the script. And the script is really where like all the other departments sort of like that's their Bible. And so I usually go and talk to the script department and what we call it dirty changes. Uh, instead of me updating the script on my computer, I'll go sit and talk and give them changes dirty, which means I, if I'm in the studio, I have a printout. I'm just handwriting quick notes on the thing. So I'll go and sit with our uh, script coordinator and I'll say, okay, on this third beat or this second beat, Jimmy wanted to change it to this and I'll watch her type it in. And she'll show it to me. Is that correct? Yes. And then it's updated on prompter. Um, but then also we have cue cards. So nice. I'll go then go down to cue cards. I physically read the cue cards because they're human wow. beings and sometimes they make mistakes. Sure. Um, and then I go into, uh, I'll talk to the music person and say, hey, do you want Megan the Stallion to read this? And she'll go, yeah, the, yeah, she'd like a chance to read it. So I go talk to the cue card people, bring cue cards into her green room. I knock. Hey, is it a good time? Yeah, come on in. I'll go in. I'll play Jimmy. We have the cue cards in the green room. She'll be sitting in her chair and I'll be like, hey, everyone. So we got a ding, ding. Music comes in. What? Megan the Stallion, what are you doing here? Wait a second. You're you role playing to... with these guys? With these celebrities? Yeah, I, we, have to, we have to rehearse with them. We have to run them through it. So we sit with them. We go into This is a range. job? This is a job. It's it, but it's intense because like yeah, you, sure. you have to be on top of your game. You cannot get nervous you can't you can't drop the ball you can't be like oh fuck i forgot to ask if they wanted to read it off cue cards or i forgot this or i forgot like writers get fired because hmm. um they it's just saying i'm not signed in on zoom i got a new computer um it's okay you're good and, you're good yeah um so yeah so um you have to, yeah, you have to do everything and think of everything. And and thankfully we also have um, uh, really great writer's assistants and, and PAs who they might trail behind us and go, Hey, are you good? You cool? Um, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I just, I'm just getting cue cards. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I got everything covered or, Oh no, I'm in trouble. Can yeah. you go check? the the props department make sure they have this can you go do this or that um and it's uh it's it's stressful because then once everything's done it's usually right down to the minute like i'll leave megan the Stallion's green room at you know 340 or 445 and and then i'll tell the music person yeah she's good she didn't have any changes and then i'll go talk to the script department she's good no changes so jimmy was okay with it Megan the Stallion's okay with it. Um, then the I'll tell script. Script yeah. tells the studio, and it's just like a, they're landing like ten airplanes at once. So be like, Patrick's 
Megan Thee Stallion bits, okay, good. And they announce it on the headsets and everyone's, and then that's just one, you know, 40 second bit or one minute long bit out of this whole show that has, so there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. There's a lot of details flying around, but everyone's really, really good at their job. Why does it say have three? Sorry. It's all have- good. Just this fascinating stuff, Patrick. I, I wish we could talk longer. Just one more question before we go. So any yeah. like final tip that you could give the viewer or the listener in regards to making it as a TV writer? I would just say just write and make your own stuff. Cause now with the, the, the sort of, uh, flattening of the walls of the the you know the gatekeepers that existed for so long of you need a manager an agent you need to be in hollywood it doesn't ex- you know you can just make stuff don't wait for approval um the the interns that i see that have come through the show that are kicking ass they just make their own stuff i made my own stuff when i started out i started my own shows i started making a funny newspaper in boston i started making videos i started writing sketches. I just started doing stuff. You have to, you have to do it yourself. You, a lot of people are like, hi, you know, what should I do? And it's like, you got to be a self-starter. you got to make stuff. That's kind of going to get you noticed. Um, and uh, put, you got to put yourself out there. Beautiful. Patrick, yeah. this has been really eye-opening. Just thank you for taking us behind the curtain and how the show's constructed the bits and all the different people involved. Obviously, the viewer doesn't know this. So, Patrick, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. Thank you, Patrick, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for just sharing your insight, especially about what it's like being a writer on a major TV talk show like Jimmy Fallon's. It's really cool, really eye-opening stuff that, that I didn't know about. So, again, thanks for visiting. All right, guys, if you like this episode and you want to check out more episodes, feel free to subscribe to the podcast and also our YouTube channel. Until next time, take care and we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Ultimate Fun Jobs podcast. Remember to also check out the Ultimate Fun Jobs YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, have a great week.